Hi and welcome to the podcast, you're having tea with Alice. This week's episode is with A&E Comedy, who are a pair of incredible comedians. Um, they came very late to performing comedy, they've been writers for a long time. They did a great show at last year's Edinburgh Fringe called Enter the Dragons, and I spoke with them about ageing and art and rebellion. It was a really fun conversation, I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed having it. Uh, I wanted to apologise profusely for not putting out a podcast last week. Despite my New Year's resolution of being much more regular, I had the Bugle Tour, which was uh, 15 dates in 13 days or 13 dates in 15 days and two and three o'clock in the morning wake-ups or stay-ups until to do them live in America and then flying back to Australia on the day off and then starting that again. As well as all my other projects, it was too much for me and I did not get my podcast out last week so I will apologize to you for that. Uh, I hope you were okay. Email me at alicerfraser at gmail.com. I am back on email responses. It really has been two weeks of chaos and I've let everything fall by the wayside so say hi to me on Twitter at alliterative a-l-i-t-e-r-a-t-i-v-e and let me know what I can do uh, to fill the hole. I'll see you next week. You're having tea with Alice. So, hello, you're having tea with Alice. Welcome to the podcast. What are you drinking and who are you? Um, I'm Emma. I'm of the e-emergency half of A&E Comedy. (laughs) And I'm drinking uh, Builder's Brew, uh, fairly strong, with just a little bit of milk. Builder's Brew is something that's very English and... I hadn't really come across it until I came over here. And it's like black, straight black tea. Black tea yeah. Ideally quite cheap branded tea. Well, not really. I think PG Tips pyramids mm. are the go-to or a Yorkshire tea. Any, uh-huh. any own brown ones are a little bit ropey. And you have mine. that with milk. Milk, yeah. Very strong, not much milk. Like Because I'm married to a northerner. Uh-huh. She's not a builder, though. There's an, ident- there's, there's an identity element to drinking builder's yeah. tea. I have no, uh, no building skills whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Other than building narratives. Oh, Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Nice segue. Nice. And what are you drinking? Uh, my name's Abigail. I'm the um, accident part of the A&E emergency um, comedy team. And I am drinking something called, not to give the uh, make away, but it's called Cleanse. Cleanse. I like that. Yeah, it does feel very cleansing. Um... And why, why did you choose a, a tea called Cleanse? Well, I didn't actually choose it. I, I left that up to um, uh, our agent. <laughs> I just said, I'd like a herbal tea, please. Um, and he chose it for me. So, good agent. There. Maybe good he thought you work. were dirty. <laughs> yes, I don't know. <laughs> oh, hidden messages, eh? I'm not sure. Is there anything else written on there? Nope, that's it. it smells like it's got maybe licorice in there. I think it's kind of licorice peppermint mix. How cleansing that is, um, I'll let you know. Yeah, I think it's good, go. for your, good for your throat, licorice, and good for your digestion, peppermint. I think it is. I and think. fennel. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting fennel. You're getting fennel. Mm. It's not for wine tasting. <laughs> tea tasting. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm getting all of those hits. So, yeah, it does the job. I think it's doing the job. And I'm drinking a Supreme Matcha, which sounds oh, yeah. pretty fancy. What is that matcha? Matcha is a powdered green tea, mm. um, and it's sort of top of the tree when it comes to Japanese green teas uh, they make it uh, that's the one that they use for the tea ceremony where they'll put the powder in and they'll put the water in and they'll froth it up and it's very 
sort of meditative as a process, but this one's out of a bag and uh, isn't as green as it could be. It's sort of more on the yellowy end of the green spectrum. Uh, sometimes you get like legitimate virulent green yeah. ones that feel like you're drinking a potion. Wow. And that's, that's probably my favourite of all of the You teas. want the whole tea ceremony then, I imagine. You want the whole package, I'd want that. Yeah, I, that I like Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a place, it's my favourite place, my spiritual home in Sydney is a place called Tucker Tea, and there's a guy there that does tea, and he's like a proper tea master, and that's the greenest Whoa. of the green. And that was, I used to go there when I was bunking off school, um, and they would make me lovely tea, and so that's where my sort of love of it came came from. So you're in London, you're not London locals? No, we're not. We both uh, live in Brighton, south coast. Um, but, uh, we, yeah, we come in and out of London for work or pleasure. It's not um, so far. It's like no, an hour. It's like right. been over an hour. It's great. Usually. Usually. Like three hours at the moment because of dreaded bus replacement services oh. and all that, but... Anyway, we won't go there because that's deeply... Oh, deeply boring. No one wants to hear about that. (laughs) (laughs) So what have you been wrestling with individually or as a duo? Other than the trains? um, Well, I guess we've been wrestling. We're making a new show and I think we're wrestling on how we make a show about something that is very serious and um, dark and not remotely funny on the surface... Mm how we make a really 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 funny show about it i mean welcome to my wheelhouse (laughs) that's my favorite thing to do Uh, i'm I'm really sort of fascinated by that process of whether you can either i mean and we're also in like super sensitive times now yeah yeah where i think the trick at least for me is to not make a joke of the thing but to make the jokes around it so that people will engage with the serious thing in ways that they wouldn't otherwise. Yeah, and maybe yeah. somehow diffuse the thing, somehow mm. diffuse the the taboo or the t- or the kind of toxic, heavy fear that surrounds a subject by by pulling it apart and mocking it and making light of it and finding joy. Yeah. in it somehow um, can somehow diffuse it and take some of its power away that's the that's the intention I think but it is a it's a difficult and delicate it is it's like diffusing much. a bomb isn't it yeah I mean like, we, we we've done it before it's not the first time we've done this but it is every time we go oh my god how, no one's going so with the first show we did Enter the, Enter the Dragons um, was really about female aging and the menopause and we said, well, we're going to do a show about the menopause and it's going to be so funny. And immediately <laughs> people will go, good luck. Oh, dear. Um, but we found a way, you know, we found a way of finding art to, to sort of do that and make it a really positive, joyful. And, um, and dis- the descent as well of that sort of subject matter. I mean, I think... Um, I think we've done it once, and I feel confident that taking on a next project, which we, we call Witch Hunt, which is um, with all the dark uh, sort of predator, me too, misogyny, misogyny, the patriarchy, and to make that funny um, without offending people or without excluding people or without finger pointing too much. Yeah, you know, it's a delicate, sensitive... Well, it's sort of delicate from both sides because you have the people who are, you know, traditionally victims of 
t- terrible misogyny yeah. or, you yeah. know, and they might not want to feel like their problem is being treated as trivial exactly. or worthy of mockery or, yeah. you know, when you make something light or bring the light into something it can feel like making light of it yeah yeah which i think some people feel is um diminishing their own seriousness and their own experience and their own hurt and on the other hand you want to be talking to the people who don't agree with you yeah because otherwise what's the exactly yeah Yeah. that you want to make people who are doing the wrong thing rethink Mm. the things they're doing Mm. without feeling attacked by you exactly that's a it's a hard challenge you set yourself it's a hard challenge like a challenge (laughs) (laughs) but i think as well it's about kind of reclaiming some power over your the narratives that you tell yourselves or the things that you feel you're not allowed to talk about or the stories that you've Mm. told yourself are sacred or are set in stone to some to to reclaim their power by reframing them in a different way is is a, is a strengthening thing to do, even if it's something you think I've got issues about this or it's really triggering. Maybe um, unpacking it a little bit can help, dif- you know, help sort of s- dissolve some of that automatic go-to anger, fear, resentment. I don't want to look at that. We we're going to do it in a playful and um, joyful way that hopefully will, you know, be empowering and. Um, for the audiences, and we're going to invite the audiences to to, yeah, I think, to bring their yeah. own stuff to the show. Oh, so we're not telling people what, what we're what no. we want to be talking about. We're saying what do you want yeah. to talk about? I think we'll be directing quite a lot of the. I think I think that's where I think one of the feelings we had about uh, all these current issues we mentioned was this lack of community or lack of this sort of dialogue. As you said, you know, we're not talking to the people who perpetrated. We're not talking to the victims enough. We're not including. We're not having dialogues that are kind of, why don't we all work together? So I think part of the way we, we want to do this next show is to very much involve the audience and, and make them part of the story and make them give us suggestions and, and ask their opinions and suddenly open up that dialogue and, and bring back that a community is stronger than an individual to try and defeat something or try and solve something. And also to appreciate, you said, appreciate everybody's... Uh, role or experience within that and um, so yeah. I think approaching it in that way hopefully we yeah it'd be more inclusive and it won't be too uh, I think well we'll see but we'll see <laughs> but um, also I think it's really important in this sort of very um, polarized times where you've got two sides of things to find uh, some some common ground yeah. if you can and you know it's very yeah, all the all this left, right, male, female. It's not like pro women isn't anti men. It's like yeah. trying to find ways to to make those connections is really important because otherwise, you know, you, we, we're going to flounder. I think. Yeah. yeah. We definitely don't want to be anti men. It's equality no. is not a. And a solely matriarchal society is just as bad as a solely patriarchal. You know, it's not saying that one would be hugely better. They'll they'll come with their own. You know, they come with their own problems. So it's it's about, again, going back to the equality. It's about how we use power and, and where and how we share power. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're on, we, we hope to sort of pack a lot of that. And also about fear. I think mm. there's so much fear around every subject matter at the moment that we can't actually even access it because... There's this, it's just surrounded it's by fear, surrounded by a shell of anger. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, well, we're not going to get anywhere until we kind of disperse that that initial kind of feeling. Um, 
Which we're intending to do through witchcraft. (laughs) (laughs) And some jokes. (laughs) Done. Yeah, I think the the biggest uh, trick the devil ever pulled was convincing everyone that there were two sides to any argument because (laughs) there are so many more sides to any argument or to any position. My dad, who's quite a traditionalist in many ways, had quite a traditional relationship with my mum for various reasons. One was that she was sick and couldn't work, so she became the person who stayed at home while he went to work. And, you know, that's, on one hand, that looks like a binary, Mm. but actually it is so much more Mm. complicated and nuanced and mutual than that that appeared to Mm. be on the surface. And, like, one relatively trivial example was that after my mum died... Uh, my dad was retiring from his job and thinking about what other work he wanted to do in his life. And I said, well, what are you interested in doing? And he said, well, I don't really feel like there's much point in doing anything. Who would I tell about it? Wow. Mm. You know? Yeah, and just yeah. the fact that she was... And that's such a such an old-school painted as, like, the woman submissive, the man dominant. He comes mm. home and tells her about his day. But the fact that she cared... Yeah. was the reason he did, he did anything. It in the first place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's like a much more interesting it's and nuanced relationship. It is, isn't it? So, yeah, there's, there's more than two sides. There is, and I think that's what we, yeah. And sometimes the way, when you look at, you know, we're very used, as you say, to look at things in, in one way, or, you know, and um, it's kind of stepping out and, and, and taking another another view of something and a different side, different perspective through somebody else's eyes mm. and yeah we're so, we're so yeah. obsessed with binary that you even have binary and non-binary mm. yes yeah. that's a it's new that's binary like op- yeah. option yeah. 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 <laughs> but that yeah defeat yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean I suppose because we make comedy as well it's like you can't I think what what we've possibly discovered is the only way to make something is to is to make what you want to say and make something that you would want to see and you make something that you think is funny. You can't make something funny thinking every single person's going to laugh at this joke. You've mm. got to make the best joke that you can mm. make. And mm. we can't make a show about saying this. everybody is going to share this opinion that we're presenting, but this is our opinion and then we can have a dialogue about it. Um, I think we've just got to be really sort of truthful and honest and really re- do that wrestling mm. that you talk about. Um and not expect that everybody's going to share that but be mm. be okay with that it's okay to have a, a different opinion it's like okay to make a funny joke funny show and somebody doesn't find it funny well yeah you don't find it funny yeah but you can't think you can't second guess how everybody's going to react if somebody's going to be offended if somebody's going to be upset mm. if, if that's you know you you've got to just trust your uh, gut and your instincts on that i think mm. yeah yeah, I think I think uh, one of the things I don't like, this might seem like an oblique point, but um, I have friends who do commercial breakfast radio and one of the pieces of feedback they consistently get from their producers is that they people won't get that reference. People won't know the band you're talking about or the television show you're talking about or... This, this figure in Australia, it's Betty from Blacktown. Will Betty from Blacktown get right. this reference? And I think that's such a, mm. such a stupid mm. thing to say. So many of the things I've discovered, I discovered because someone talked about them and I didn't know what they were and mm. I wanted and to find, find out. out. Yeah. 
to go into something like part of, 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 of any performance is you go into their world and you kind of accept their terms mm-hmm. and afterwards you walk out and think well that's not the kind of show I really like but you've got to you've got to go yeah. in yeah mm, and I, I think that was when we when we did our first show um, and, and obviously our demographic is, is you know we were going for women women aging menopause and, and but we didn't want to sort of do a show where we thought exactly that go okay well we can't do surreal bouffon very strange comedy because you know these women won't get it they don't but you know we've but we made us laugh we thought well it's making us laugh I'm sure there'll be other people out there and actually it proved a point we yeah everybody got it and we came in in most bizarre creature like costumes with huge claws and pagan costumes and they were all to illustrate the menopause believe me if you see it but um, and we didn't, and no one came up going, I'm sorry, I just didn't get that. Everybody said, oh, when that monster came in, absolutely understood what you were trying oh, to talk about. when you rode in there. on an inflatable swan with those tiny little legs or whatever, you know, yeah. whatever it is, yeah. it's just stupid, it doesn't, yeah. Yeah, when you did a shadow play about plastic surgery, we got it. So, yeah, it, it gave us confidence that actually, you're absolutely right, what you just said, it's like, yeah, we've restricted ourselves by saying, well, you know, that demographic won't get it. They can. They will only get that. But uh, yeah, it limit it, it limits it completely for everyone. Mm. It's a bit arrogant as well to assume yeah, that Betty from really Blacktown so. won't have heard of whatever, yeah. or that she won't like it, well, and or that if she hasn't heard of it, she'll be angry and stop listening. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Instead of maybe as you said, go and find it and then realise she's a massive fan within yeah. like a few weeks. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, I uh, I used to work at a law firm, <laughs> and one of the things that made me upset about working there was that everybody was trying to make sure they didn't step out of bounds, that they were behaving within acceptable parameters, oh, yeah. not doing what was called a career-limiting move. And the only way that you could be certain of not doing a career-limiting move was looking at the people who were above you in the hierarchy and only doing the things that you saw them doing and not doing the things you didn't see them doing, which yeah. is... That, that, that's, that's an inverted yeah, pyramid yeah. because everyone is not going to be able to see everything. Your observation yeah. will be imperfect, so that becomes limiting down and down and yeah. down and down the chain until you can't do so anything. itself is completely career limiting. Yeah. Well, I'm not, but, well, Abigail will testify that I'm not very good when I'm told what not to do. No, no. <laughs> I automatically want that. I'm to do the, that thing. <laughs> I'm going to do it now. Yeah. If, I, if I'm specifically given yeah. do not do that, then I'll be like... Oh, have yeah. you always been like that? Uh, yeah, I think so. In a, in not in a in a willfully kind of uh, anarchic way, but just in a sort of mischievous. I can't kind of resist it, and I do feel um, just uh, the temptation to just try and circumvent it just a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it was probably came from my mum. She was very uh, determined not to be the same as everyone else, and she always brought me up to say, "Don't be the. Don't ever." Be the same as anyone else. Be something completely different. So uh, anything that's sort of uniform. And I went to a very mm. sort of strict school where we all had identical uniforms and did sort of organised sequ- sequence sort of marching. <laughs> so <laughs> so well, it's I think explaining that a lot, isn't it? Help. <laughs> so I just like to just find some little kind of way to twist something, so I'm not quite doing the rules. Yeah, mm. I've got a touch of that. It might be a, a comedian thing. Yeah. 
What yeah. about you? Yeah, I think I'm more. I'm. I think I'm less proactive on the. What would I do? I think. I think it in my head. I. I like. I find it very difficult not to find the ridiculousness in some situation. Uh, I'm. I don't follow through as much as Emma in <laughs> rebelling, but I. Yeah, I. I. I find it hard to. Um, yeah, especially where somebody's being incredibly serious or everything comes shut. But yeah, I, I just, you know, I just look for the funny, look for the stupid in the situation. So yeah, I rebel inside. I don't, I don't do as much. Emma's good. We had a, we went, did a writing seminar weekend with a very famous um, uh, scriptwriter, And he, he was, he was, you know, quite bullyish about what he expected from the weekend about timing and don't come in here if your phone's on and it's fine but he became incredibly bullyish about it there's a way he did it and I could see Emma going okay so the timing thing <laughs> she'd just push it and I'd be sitting in the room waiting after lunch and thought Emma's not back Emma's not back Emma's not back he's gonna go nuts and she'd just come in literally with seconds to go and that, so that's what she does and she could see her sitting down like <laughs> yep I tested it. <laughs> so, yeah, I wouldn't be as brave as, as testing the water like that, pushing the boundaries. Has it ever backfired massively, or is it generally a successful strategy? No, it's generally not. not I'm not going to do anything that's going to, you know, cause anyone any great harm or be dangerous or, no. be, you know, or be anything catastrophic. No, I don't think so. Not yeah. that I'm willing to admit on, on a podcast. <laughs> That's fair. Like, I very much admire that um, sort of rebellion or disagreeableness thing. I, I try to cultivate that, I think. I think it's, it's a bad thing. I think we've funneled a lot of it into our work. I think it's a. It's kind of when people come pay for it now. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> we can be really... I think that's I think a lot know, is a in our work, actually. Big, a big part of making Enter the Dragons was feeling like we were getting older, you know, about to turn 50 and thinking, when you turn 50, there's a lot of things you're supposed to do or supposed to not do. Um, and we were very determined that that wasn't going to be the case, you know. And, and, even, and with this new show, Witch Hunt, as well, it's all about us... We're, we're, broadening which really to just mean women that don't want to do what they're told and won't do just yeah. what they're told by society and are yeah. not going to stay in their box and they're going to you know wear what they want think what yeah. they want do what they want go where they want and we're you know it's just about freedom really isn't it yeah. and um and I think we were feeling as older women that there was far too many expectations of things you shouldn't be doing and we wanted mm. quite consciously mm. to joyfully uh mm. Say no, thank you. Yeah. We're going to do this. Doing a double act at the Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah, yeah, one of those yeah. things. Yeah, and certainly, I think you know, it was life reflecting art. I mean, we've sort of, it's been interesting, kind of our journey through, you know, going up to Edinburgh as two older women, and um, yeah, and and having a sellout show, and people are like, wow, what are you doing? Are you doing a drama? You know, are you doing something very worthy? And we went, no, we're in comedy. People are like, wow, okay. So yeah, it was interesting that the whole kind of trying to explain ourselves to people who haven't seen us I think that's that's we still find it it's getting easier I think yeah yeah but um for women or um possibly possibly yeah, slowly I'm, I'm gonna be I'm trying to be positive about it. I this. think I hope that women um there's more of a license to be 
to be funny, but in a way that's not just like clever or cute or sexy, but to be funny in a genuinely funny, ridiculous, ludicrous, stupid, mm. idiotic way. I think that's what we were feeling, that yeah. there's a way for women to be funny and we would like to do some a different way of being funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that's yeah, more that you don't see that much. No, surreal no. and yeah. quirky, I guess. Yeah, yeah, being silly. I think, you know, my comedy influences were all very silly. Monty Python and The Goon yeah. Show and, and ridiculous, fun things. And I, I find that something that's worthy of striving for. Mm. Yeah. yeah, normally women are the ones who come and go, oh, don't be silly and don't, you know, you, oh, you roll their mm. eyes kind mm. of thing. Mm. But, you know, all the, the people that we like, like Mighty Boosh or Vic and Bob yeah. or all those things, we, why can't we can do that why, too? Why aren't we allowed that, yeah. Why do you think you aren't allowed it? Or what, what told you that you weren't oh. allowed it? What messages did you get? We don't see it. You just don't see it. And I think growing up, you know, any female comedian, I mean, yeah, I mean, Joan Rivers, I think, was probably, you know, doing the sort of humour she didn't give a shit, you know, kicking ass out of, you know, that was was really quite daring. I mean, yes, from sitcoms into, you know, the women's role was always a secondary role. They were supporting. They didn't have the funny lines. They had the straight man to the funnies. Um, They were very passive. They didn't have... And I think what we find quite interesting now seeing a lot more in films as well is this idea of, um, especially in things like The Favourite, is the women aren't particularly nice. And mm. it's suddenly this, we are allowed not to be pleasant. And we don't have a redemption at the end and we become, you know, a beautiful princess and we're really pleasant. We remain being a little unpleasant all the way through. And it's yeah. great. It's, it's very, it's, it's really it's refreshing really to, nice see to see women being unapologetic, isn't Women it? being like men, not yeah. particularly nice characters, but we're still interested <laughs> in them and they're not demonised. They are just real. Conniving, manipulative, rude. Uh, yeah, like oh. Killing Eve and... Um, yeah, it's great. Will You Ever Forgive Me? There's quite yeah. a lot of them. But, um, it's a real joy to see. And, and also some comics, female comics that are being more kind of surreal and ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I think it's happening. It's happening. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I think on one hand it is, you know, it's nice to be nice, but nobody's super interested in the golden hero without any flaws. No, uh, no. That's, not, that's not the character you actually like. No. It's the character you admire. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it is, it's sort of nice to see that shift away from it to say that you can be interesting and and good and bad and all of the other things yeah. given that yeah. for like particularly in the last two three hundred years in western culture women have been god's police mm, yeah. they're always yeah. the ones you know and in good ways and bad ways showing up at the at the mills and saying oh you can't treat the beautiful children like that because god wouldn't want you to to being the ones who have to be the gatekeepers of desire mm. to being mm-hmm. now even in the modern age the pc police yeah. that's a you know, there are men in that movement, but it is definitely women-led and women-dominated and characterised as effeminate mm. by its opposition. Mm-hmm. This kind of finger-wagging role, yeah. rather than yeah. the more fun role, which is, let finger. me show you something yeah. different. Yeah. Rather than wagging a finger, we want to stick a finger. <laughs> <laughs> it's more effective, I think. Yeah, I think I think it might be. Yeah, either the straight-up middle finger or... Um, Virginia Gay, who's an actress in Australia, puts it as you have the fighters and then you have the people who just have fun on the other side of the fence and show you how much fun it can be, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That it's like, it's not, you know, fuck you, you're an idiot. It's like, come and have a look at how much fun it is yeah. over here. Yes. Uh, 
and that both of those roles are actually really fun and interesting Mm. and neither of them is the prim nurse telling you you need to take your medicine no yeah no I think just the humor is great it's very disarming and I think that's why we use it as a really fantastic weapon or to get a point across or something that's difficult to say if you wrap it up with some humor then then you know people listen you know, if you're finger-wagging, that is the first thing for people go, oh, oh, God, men-hating, oh, you're just doing that. But if you kind of come in, as you say, with something, it's attractive and it's funny and it's got something quirky about it, uh, it's, people are already listening. And then you kind of, then you can lead them in and then you start talking. So, yeah, I mean, we use it a lot to break down barriers and introduce difficult subjects. Yeah, I think everyone yeah. does it on an interpersonal level quite naturally. Yeah and instinctively but the moment we start talking about groups talking to one another it goes entirely out of the window mm-hmm. you know in the way that if if somebody was crossing the line with you you would make a joke about it and you would you gentle your way into it mm-hmm. but that people are quite impatient of that approach when it comes to group identity yeah although i think satire you know satires are really incredibly useful tool mm. it's providing you know i mean trump and brexit and all those things that are going on are providing yeah. a very rich scene for satirists yeah. at the well moment. equally i think they're finding it really hard to write i think um you know in, uh, they were saying you know a lot of them are saying well you know if it, it's so it's satirizing itself we can't write this it's yeah. getting so ridiculous where you know where we could kind of push it they're doing that in real life. So what are we left to write about? Because anything we write, is, is they're going to top it. So it's this really weird situation. I think they are writing slightly in the thick of it and Veep and all the, all the kind of like political sitcoms are saying, they're difficult to write now because I, they're looking quite straight drama in comparison to what actually <laughs> is happening. It's like, what? I, I just oh. came from a recording of The Bugle and one of the depressing things is having to write jokes about Brexit and Trump week after week after week yeah. after week after week and feeling like you lose some of... Part of the joy of comedy is feeling like you can shift things or change yeah. things or undermine things. But if you just get hit in the face week after week with the same story yeah. in a different hat mm. and try and find something yeah. new that's funny about it, it becomes a little bit disheartening mm. you don't you know I, I don't want to talk about Brexit anymore no, no nobody, nobody does, does. Please, <laughs> I'd rather get out of bus replacement service well, <laughs> well that, that's all that will be left you know that yeah, yeah. you we won't have any means of transport true. but that but yeah yeah it's it's yeah I think it's I think it's I don't want, ever want to be able to not to make a joke about something but yeah Brexit's becoming hard you know I'm finding I think it's funny actually because there's the march coming up and I was talking to my sister and she likes to make a placard each of the marches and she said, I don't really know what to write on this placard anymore. She said, because words aren't doing it. So I said jokingly, yeah, well, what we really need now is just pitchforks and torches. Kind of stop. <laughs> and she said, right. So she went Amazon and she's ordered some. So we're all going. <laughs> so a group of us are going and just turning up with the pitchforks, villagers, storming the castle now because, yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah. We're now the peasants and the, you know, the laws and the, you know, it really is feeling very... So, yeah, difficult. Difficult to make fun of something that's wearing us down to a point of... And also, it's scary. Yeah. I don't know if I can make it funny. 
that I, might have fear. The one good thing about the repeat pattern of the news, the kind of the narrative yeah. structure of the way that these news stories happen now, is I, I had, I think, an insight the other day about Piers Morgan. You know Piers Morgan? He's an outrage merchant. He represents yeah. mainly the right wing and he will say things that are deliberately, mm. Mm. stupidly provocative. Yeah. And I think he's being much cleverer than most people think he is. So, for example, he talked about the Gillette ad which was oh, saying yeah. men don't have to be horrible. Mm. Yeah. He was saying this is an attack on men. Or he said uh, when Daniel Craig was wearing his baby in a baby carrier, yeah. he said it was emasculating James Bond. Or when James, uh, when Greg's uh, pie shop came oh, out with vegan a vegan sausage, sausage yeah. roll, he expressed outrage at this. Mm. And I think it's a trick. I think it's a trick. He's putting out this red rag to the left wing who incredibly predictably leaps on it and attacks him and everything he stands for with great and ridiculous fervour, as though he meant it. And then the right wing, who's his actual base, goes, well, I don't want to be on that side, yeah, the people who can't, who are overreacting to a tweet, who are painting me and all my kind as mm. absolute misogynists or absolute idiots or, you know, more, you know, moronic, villainous people, which is what the left wing is doing mm. in response to Piers Morgan. Mm. So his base becomes more mm. solid as a result and I think that's the trick and I think he's doing it on purpose so we should really just ignore him oh go away Piers is yeah. that the worst thing yeah. just ignore him I think it's true I think sadly it. also I think I also think it's just keeping him he he needs to keep uh, you know in the he needs to keep he needs the oxygen visible, doesn't yeah. he yeah. he needs the oxygen he'll do anything and that's the trouble I don't know I think that's the trouble that's the main he's just a narcissist and he just wants to claim attention and make sure that he's being noticed and he's up there in the headlines and he'll do anything mm. anything so again yeah I think there's a slight base thing but I think sadly it's just about him as an individual with his massive ego and narcissistic kind of need and either way the solution is to ignore him let's stop talking about him well yeah (laughs) well with all of these things yeah all of these they say the best way to you know to to cure yourself of a narcissistic relationship is to just don't feed them don't Mm. give them the oxygen but yeah I mean you know with Brexit I think it's a little different and Trump because (laughs) if we don't do something um, we're really going to get you know Chaton, which probably yeah. will do anyway, even if we try. I don't know. It, it's strange times we're living through. Um, I, you know, I really hope. I hope we can keep being humorous and finding. It almost fun, feels like joy. the big rebellion is to be joyful. Mm. The big rebellion is to be positive and uh, ca- carefree in these, you know, care-laden times. Yeah. yeah, that's the biggest rebellion. Well, I think. In that, in that way, when you know, I have occasionally responded to one of these outrage merchant tweets, yeah. but never if I didn't think I wasn't being funny rather than angry. Yeah, yes. I think you yeah. can, I, you'd see that. There's some fantastic, you know, the, the tweets that have been responded and people jump on that. It was funny when you were saying, what was someone was saying this morning about something? Oh, some guy posted himself naked on a bed yeah and then it was the, it was the tweets that there was the replies afterwards which were just hilarious and really funny and it completely took the kind of power out of whatever was going on um so uh, yeah 
let's hope, let's hope that is a way forward. That's why it's important to do this wrestling with how you make something joyful, funny, hilarious that's deeply dark and, yeah. It's, you've got to, because otherwise you get sucked under. Yeah. Uh, so, where can people find you online? You can follow us on Twitter at AE underscore comedy, on Instagram comedy underscore AE, or we're A, the word and, E, comedy. .co.uk is our website and on there you will find all the dates to our up and coming show Witch Hunt which opens in Brighton in May and then goes on to Edinburgh in August and other dates for a retour of our first show Enter the Dragons in November how delightful thank you so much for having tea with thank me you, thank you that is delightful I'm cleansed <laughs> Lolly rifle, doll, lolly rifle, doll.